0: The Linux action show is created by Jupiter Broadcasting. It's sponsored by Ting. Go to last.ting.com to save off your first device or plan and DigitalOcean. Go over to digitalocean.com and use our promo code LASTDIGITAL. and then you can spin up your own Linux rig for free. Yeah. Linux Action Show episode 363. My name is Chris. My name is Noah. Hey, Noah, good morning to you. Good morning, Chris. All right, let me tell everybody about the big show coming up today. We're going to bring on the founder of OBS. Yeah, the open broadcaster software that we use to live stream from the floor of Linux Fest Northwest 2015 next weekend. It's an amazing project that's truly bringing live video production to Linux in a way never before possible. We've got a ton of questions and we want to find out where that project is going. Plus, we've got an interesting initiative in the news segment we're going to talk about putting Linux on USB sticks for students. Also, some information after the big three-year mark of the Steam reveal, and the endless computer. What the heck is it, and it tru- is it truly a Linux computer for everyone? That'll be in the news segment, plus we have some great feedback, and our picks, No, Of course, the picks. Gotta have the picks. Gotta have the picks. Let's start right there. Uh, our runs Linux this week came in from Luke. This is great. Uh, 1940s media center, yeah, Noah? Yeah, you're gonna get a <laughs> kick out of this. So, okay.
1: I'm always talking about people that switch to Linux, right? Yeah. Now, this guy... Um, what he did is his granddad, I believe, owns a
0: antique shop. Yeah, it looks like it's an old like 1940s uh, era uh, unit he's got, right? Yeah. From his antique shop. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: So so, uh, so he sent this in and he said, I took an old 1940s think record player or audio unit from my dad's antique shop and modified it to suit my needs. I removed all of the broken internal components, fixed it up, painted it, and then turned it into a base for my music and entertainment center. You might be able to see the Raspberry Pi and USB hub sticking out just below the screen, the tiny computers running C. Not only that, but there was a 3 audio output on the Pi that's connected to my sound system, which is behind the door uh, where the record player used to sit. This enables me to use Kodi or XBMC to play all of my music through my speakers, which are behind the grill uh, at the lower part of the unit. I can use all my Kodi apps, like uh, like SoundCloud, Select. or play personal music collection while getting uh, to utilize a decent set of speakers. Well,
0: that's pretty classy looking, Noah. It, it, well,
1: not only is it classy, it's it, I love I love like retro things yeah. that do
0: modern things. Yeah. I think that's so cool when people yeah. can do stuff well, like this. And these these kinds of things were designed back in an era where this was part of your furniture. Yeah. This was something you had in your living. Yeah, because right.
1: the craftsmanship and the build yeah. quality
0: was there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. It was That was not a use it for three, for three years and then throw it away. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. <laughs> so is. why not get some good use out of it yep. and make it into a Raspberry Pi-powered media center? That's a pretty good one, Luke. We love getting uh, emails in from the audience. He says, uh, keep up the great work on the Universe's Greatest Podcast Network. Wow. 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 He probably knows. He probably yeah. knows. He's figured it out. He's a smart guy. He says he's happy to have Netflix in his house, too, <laughs> with the Chromecast plugged in. Uh, hey, Noah, you know what I'm happy about? Tell me what you're happy about, Our Chris. Our first sponsor this week, that's DigitalOcean, and they're like my very own crack. I tell you what, it's like I just can't get enough of that, DigitalOcean. Good thing the pricing's so awesome, and DigitalOcean is so great. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up your own cloud server. And over Linux Fest Northwest, when we needed to sync assets between my laptop and Noah's production streaming rig in real time, there was no choice. No choice. Like, we knew it had to work, and it had to work every single time. In real time, we went to DigitalOcean. Right. It was a no-brainer. We had it syncing on an own cloud instance up on my DigitalOcean droplet, and it worked flawlessly. And you can get started in, uh, in under 55 seconds, which is kind of a mind job if you think about it. Speeding up your own Linux rig in under 55 seconds, phew, that S just blows my mind. And, and get this. It starts for less than $5, or starts around, right around $5 a month. But what I love about it is the pricing structure sort of ramps up really logically. So $5 is going to get you 512 megabytes of RAM, mm-hmm. a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. All right, so that's that's easy to understand. And then the $10 a month just sort of bumps each one of those specs up a notch. And right. the next pricing break- bracket bumps it up another mm-hmm. notch. It's really straightforward. So when I wanted to go build a Minecraft server for my son, I was like, eh, maybe I want two gigs of RAM right. this time. And it just... You
1: know, we talk about cool technology on here all the time. We talk about um, applications, and we we mention things like OwnCloud. And then people probably, at least if it was me, I I oftentimes sit down and go, well, I'd love to give that a shot. But oftentimes, some of those applications require a a machine to be live on the Internet, or maybe you're not comfortable punching a hole in your firewall. DigitalOcean is a great way that you can spin it up. And if it does become compromised, if it's just a test machine, you're just testing how something works.
0: Doesn't really matter. And the other nice thing about it is it's really, like, so you say, OwnCloud's a great example because the best experience with OwnCloud is using it when you're on the go, mm-hmm. and then you're not worrying about the firewall because it's you know it works on your mobile, it works on your home connection, it works at your office. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. They have one-click application deployments, too, for a ton of really great applications and stacks, too, like Ruby on mm-hmm. Rails, the mm-hmm. whole stack, uh, GitLab, all of that. You can just deploy it to your DigitalOcean droplet. That's mm-hmm. nice. Their interface to manage all this is crazy simple and intuitive. I mean, it really is the best out there. And then I'm not just saying that, too. It truly is the best out there, and then they have an API right. to allow you to take advantage of the control panel on a much larger scale. And they have data centers in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and a brand new one in Germany. It really is a great setup. And then what I really love is, even if you're not an expert, their tutorials are just so damn good... That now, like when you're starting to search for stuff on Google in general, uh-huh. DigitalOcean tutorials are showing up because they're just the yeah. best of yep. the best.
1: And I've used a couple DigitalOcean tutorials to work on yeah. local machines. I like know. If I'm spinning something up. Don't tell them, right? Don't tell yeah. DigitalOcean, yeah. right? Because they're so good. Well, but then I'm already at the site. Yeah. And that's then true. I'm, I'm on there for the t- tutorial, yeah, and then I screw something true. up. And I'm like, this that's, has happened a couple of times. And I'm like, well, I'll just spin
0: up a droplet. Do them. it. That's yeah, easy. And that's why Noah has so many. So use our So go over to DigitalOcean, check them out, and use our promo code to get a ten dollar credit. Right. That way, you can try out that five dollar rig two months for free. It's last. LAS Digital. L-A-S Digital. DigitalOcean, you're my boo. I love you, baby. DigitalOcean.com. Promo code LAS Digital. All right, our app pick this week is something crazy. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pronounce it, it correctly.
1: Natron, I believe it's how it's pronounced. Now the thing is, you and I are always looking to find uh, Linux alternatives to the software that we use yeah. on PC or Mac, right? Hex and yeah. one of the one of the huge gotcha, at least in the media production world, is After Effects. Oh, a lot man. of people use After Effects, and of course, uh, <clears throat> you, we, there, there is a need for compositing. Like for example, in all that started the Jupiter Broadcasting shows, you have the, that those compositing shots that they just kind of warm everything up and give everything a little bit of. Extra Extra pizzazz and a little extra glow uh natron is an open source cross-platform uh composition software that allows you to do some of the same Hmm. things that uh, adobe after effects does wow so um the i think what what is apple's version motion Uh, motion motion so um so like motion and after effects there are some plugins people will design things and then they put them up on because it's a community project i believe there are some community sites that have popped up my hope would be that a little bit down the road eventually we get to a point that uh, the uh, paid places that have the paid plugins that you can use or paid templates, uh, uh, the people that are good at, at doing this stuff uh, can do this compositing. Now I know that Blender is a real popular uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, piece of software in the community, but I've always found Blender a little difficult to work with. Yeah. And looking at some of the screenshots and and uh, and this, watching a little bit of the video, this is
0: more in line of what i have be used to seeing in After Effects exactly. or maybe in Motion. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. So it just it looks like it's. It's, more, it's, it's a little bit more professional, yeah. Yeah. I guess is the
0: word. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, this is looking really good. And you can see it's it's it, it has 3D space for the cameras, which is, a, which mm-hmm. is key. Um, I can see that yeah. And, you know, the other thing is I usually, I will only go
1: for, I'll only install it on Linux. I don't have anything else to install it on. But the thing that I think is really neat, uh, or the reason I appreciate cross-platform software is I am perfectly comfortable... Uh, telling somebody else that maybe it's comfortable on another platform, hey, go ahead and give this software a try. We're not going to do anything to your computer. You're just installing an application. If it works out for you, great. If it doesn't, no mm-hmm. harm, no foul. This is,
0: this is really interesting. So uh, here in this shot, Noah, they're, so you can see they're doing a garbage mat right here. So mm-hmm. you see they have this, so they're outside. Here's her shot. She's outside. They have a right. green, they're doing a green screen. And then the garbage mat, so that way they can just cut it out. And then mm-hmm. look the way they do the chain here. So this is what I think is particularly interesting. Here's the camera, right? So this is your camera, Mark. Yep. And then they're chaining uh, the, remote, the motion tracker, so when she moves, the garbage mat moves with it. Yep, yep. then, then they're running it through a chroma keyer, And This is probably a color changer to bring make the green stand out. And then they're color grading the green right here. And then they're merging the mat, and then here's the final composited view. And you yeah. can see this is the whole chain. Look, this is where they bring the picture in, and then all that links in right there at the merge spot. Yeah. I, it's yeah. actually pretty understandable UI. It's a little sparse, but if you know how it, these I, kinds of software works, you can. I was, was going to say I'm pretty... sure
1: if uh, I'm uh, I'm not a compositor, I don't do this kind of stuff, but if you did, I'm sure a lot of these tools would make a yeah, lot of sense to it you. It does actually. But cross-platform, runs on Linux, in open source software, what's not to love and what better week to talk about it than this
0: week no kidding natron or natron natron? I think natron. is how it's pronounced yeah It looks pretty serious. It looks it looks like I would get lost in it But uh, the, uh, the this this flow that you're seeing here the way they're uh-huh. doing this Yeah, some of the most high-end like super expensive way beyond what after-effects software does uh-huh. uh, Uses this sort of layout to do it please excuse my ignorance But uh, I was under the impression that after
1: effects was kind of the industry for, for doing yeah, stuff sure. like that. Yeah,
0: sure. But uh, then there's like, then you go up to Hollywood grade where like you're doing stuff in real time in the camera and stuff like that, and then they do these pipeline type stuff. Like, okay. So this is something that's like... I, I guess I wasn't aware of that, so... You know, it's like with the media production stuff, you know, it's the same thing with like Linux. Like there is super crazy high-end media production done uh-huh. on Linux that is like this whole other universe <laughs> that doesn't even exist to us. Uh-huh. It's the same stuff with the Hollywood grade yeah. type stuff and y- they...
1: You know, the last time I made that comment on air regarding uh, I think it was uh, one of the Disney movies, a yeah. uh, viewer actually yeah. said in yeah. telling, showing the exact software and you can't, I mean if you I have $20,000 you,
2: can't, yeah, ex- you yeah. can't actually buy it. Yeah, I know. So, I know.
0: I know. <laughs> sometimes it does exist in our world. Yeah. We're, I'm just not aware of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is something that might be a little more approachable to the rest of us though. We all love the Raspberry Pi. In fact, it seems like uh, the, the, the love for the Raspberry Pi just really hasn't faded. But if you wanted to make it, oh I don't know, a full-fledged computer that you could build yourself and take with you. Right.
1: And how many times do you hear how many times when you when you talk about building a computer, did you ever have a client ask you to build machine, and then they'd say, well, could you build a laptop? Oh. I've had a couple people ask if I wanted to build my own laptop. Yeah, yeah. A lot. So the thing that has always bothered me about some of the projects that exist to build a laptop is there's a lot of cost involved, right? Um, Yeah. And so this is uh, a Pi Top is a project where essentially you're going to build yourself a laptop out of a Raspberry Pi. Now, Uh, producer Q5SYS actually has done something like this with the Motorola Dock and a Raspberry Pi. Now, this is just taking it one step further.
0: So they are doing a crowdfunding uh, Indiegogo campaign. They have raised $188,000. It's 217% funded. Uh, It reached that funding on December 8th, actually. But I thought maybe we'd play a little bit of it because it's kind of neat. It's a neat video. Uh, I mean, it's a neat concept, so the video kind of explains a little bit of Mm
1: -hmm. it.
3: Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jesse. When Jesse and I first met, I realized we both shared a passion for working with hardware, especially the Raspberry Pi. We started looking into ways to make hardware creation more accessible. We set up to make a mobile and versatile product that can be used by anyone to learn how to make anything. We've been through a number of iterations, and now we're on PyTOP, a Raspberry Pi laptop you build yourself.
0: A Raspberry we Pi We are laptop. at a time
3: when there are so many new technologies coming out that we as individuals can start to rethink product creation and consumption. This is why we built PyTOP. We want to give you the platform to understand hardware creation like never before. PyTOP is a product designed to teach you how to make other products. But before you do that, you'll be learning how to make the PyTOP itself. PyTOP is open source, so you can understand every component that goes into making a mobile computer. With that base
0: knowledge. So for those of you on the audio version, it looks like a 3D printed housing uh, and uh, it has uh, a keyboard and a trackpad area and then the area in front between the keyboard and the monitor is opened up and covered with a plexiglass top. That plexiglass top slides out the side and the Raspberry Pi goes inside there where you assemble it all together and then it goes into a housing. You close it up and you now have a portable Raspberry Pi connected to a keyboard, mouse and screen.
3: computer. With that base knowledge, you'll be moving on to the PyTOP lesson plans, where we break down every complex technical hurdle so you can start making hardware from day one. And
0: then it looks like once you install it, they have a guide that even shows you like electrical circuit diagrams and things like this.
3: PyTOP teaches you key transferable skills so that you can go from building and coding simple LED circuits, to building your own robots, to making home automation sensors that will literally transform the way you live. We have developed a range of Raspberry Pi hats to make this easier than ever. Hats are small add-on boards that give the Raspberry Pi extra functionality. Neat! For example, our home automation hat allows you to gather data from the environment, then use that to control home appliances. Cool. Our robot hat enables you to easily build and code a Raspberry Pi robot, customize it with sensors, and make it your own with a 3D printed chassis. By learning and understanding electronics, printed circuit boards, and 3D printing, you'll be able to design and make your own products.
0: You know, we've been talking on Linux Unplugged a lot about using a Raspberry Pi as a great children's computer to mm-hmm. teach them the basics of building a computer again. Now that right. now that consumer electronics and computers are getting to be so pre-packaged and so pre-built and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that, the Raspberry Pi kind of brings some of that back. Yep. And uh, this is a neat concept. You, do you look at this and think that this might work for something for your kids? Yep. What do you it,
1: think? Yeah, well, so my son came to me a couple of days ago and said, Dad, I want to build a computer. Can you teach? Well, he wanted to help fixed computer. So I said, yeah, no problem. So we went and, like, that moment went downstairs got a Raspberry Pi. Take advantage of that, right? Yeah, right. And I showed him how to (laughs) assemble it and he's really proud of himself. He can identify the USB cables and the HDMI cables and he can assemble the thing. And his latest thing, his latest, you know, achievement in life is he has learned how to restore it. So he can hold the shift key down, which I didn't even know you could do this. Did you know on the Noobs installer, if you hold the shift key when you boot the SD card, it boots into a, it reflashes the whole thing? Nice. Yeah, didn't know that. So he figured it out and he's figured out how to reinstall the operating system. So, you know, it was a short transition to say, so that's how you did it on the pie. The next thing is going to be, we'll show them how to do it on an actual laptop. But right. something like this yeah. would help grease that transition. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So was, I would definitely
0: is, throw down some money for that. Not only does it help move that, uh, does it help with that transition, <clears throat> but... Uh, it seems like it teaches a few fundamentals mm-hmm. that would help uh, move them forward. Plus, it, uh, if you put this thing on a laptop, you could, you, with the Raspberry Pi 2, you, mm-hmm. you could actually probably get some actual mileage out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just
1: wish that there were more of these things that were
0: x86-based, not so much uh, Well, based. you know, we talked to the Minoborg guys at LinuxFest Northwest, yeah. and uh, we might be seeing more of that soon. If yeah. Intel has their way, I wouldn't be too surprised. So it's called Pi-Top, and it is available right now for funding uh, over on Indiegogo. And uh, they've already reached their funding, so I think they're already going to start working on it. I think it's a pretty neat initiative, and it has uh, 766 funders, and you might be able to become one of them. Check it out; it's called Pi Dash Top. All right, no, that's the picks for this week's episode of Linux Action Shows. You know what that means? Time for the news. Let's do the news. <laughs>
1: And this episode is brought to you by...
0: Ting.com. Last.ting.com. Last.ting.com. Go to last.ting.com and save $25 off your first Ting device. Or if you have a Ting-compatible device, and you just might, go to last.ting.com and get $25 in Ting service credit. Now, you might be asking, what the heck is Ting? Well, I'll tell you what Ting is. Ting is mobile that makes sense. It's mobile that's finely different. You only pay for what you use. It's a flat $6 for your Ting line. Each device, you just add it. It's $6. There's no contract, no termination fee, and you just pay for what you use. Boom. That's why I know and I have Baller phones. We mm-hmm. got like how many how many Ting phones do you
1: have? Between us, man, I, I mean I don't know, individual, I have I think I have listen. you know what? Let me tell you how I can tell Chris in. because I can go over to their awesome portal they do have and an in awesome like dashboard. 3 seconds yeah. I can log in and I can see every device that's on my account. Not I only actually, can I do that, but I can go in there and configure each one of those lines. So for example, I don't want my son to be getting on data. I just want him to be able to call me. Yeah. And I can turn that off for him. <clears throat> my wife and I, I can set alerts so I get an email anytime either one okay. of us go over our uh, our the what I want I love, to set our plans I for.
0: love their dashboard. They have such mm-hmm. a good dashboard to manage your phone, and it makes it so simple to see right where you're at. And so, like for me, I've got three lines on Ting right now, and I can just go in there and see what each line's costing me.
1: So I've got my home phone on Ting. I have one of my employees on Ting. I have my backup phone, which is a tiny little $29 mm-hmm. phone that I bought on eBay. And it's funny. I spend all this money on, the, uh, on these cool smartphones because he who has the coolest toys wins. We don't know what he wins, but he wins. And yet everyone is impressed with my $19 Chinese-made really cell phone. They were, yeah. I've yeah. got my uh, my yeah. S4, of course. I have yeah. my son's phone. I have uh, one of my relatives, and, of course, I have my wife. And my entire bill- So
0: seven active devices. Seven on
1: active devices. And I'm just paying $6 for each one of those yeah. devices. Yeah. So I don't mind giving my son one of those phones. Right. It's not a problem because yeah. Yeah. if I'm not using it for one month, I'll just shut it off. And yep. then I can reactivate it the next yep. month, the month it's after.
0: It's just $6 you. So what's your total I bill just is, leave it on. with seven devices? My only.
1: total bill right now is 42 And uh, they give me an estimate based on my past usage, it's going to be $101. For seven lines. For seven lines. Now, compare that. I had just my wife and I on another, I forget the name of whoever that big provider was, but I was paying over $200. For both of us to have. For two lines. Yeah, for both of us to have phones. And
0: now yeah. I can and, use my phone yep. however I want, yep. and I get seven of and you them. You just pay for what you use. Mm-hmm. Go to last.ting.com to get started. And if you need something with your brand new Android device to take your heart rate, you don't have to get a smartwatch. No, son, you could do it with an app on your phone. Did you know that? And it's legit. Kyra's here to tell you all about it.
2: Want to check your heart rate but don't want to shell out hundreds for a smartwatch? I'm Kyra, and this is Ting's App of the Week. Go, Kyra. Go, girl. Big daddy. Runtastic Heart Rate is a simple app that lets you check your heart rate whenever you want, directly from your smartphone. Using your camera and flash, Runtastic measures your pulse to actually produce an accurate reading. When first opening the app, create an account and enter your personal information. Tap Start to begin measuring your heart rate. Make sure to hold your finger on the back of the device until the red circle completes. Once finished, you can choose to save or discard your reading. Select a measuring type based on what you're up to, such as resting heart rate or after sport along with entering your current mood. You can share your stats on a variety of social channels along with Runtastic's website. Swipe left to view the history page, which displays your previous stats on a neat bar graph. Runtastic Heart Rate is available for free on Android and iPhone. There's also a paid version for 2 bucks, which allows unlimited measurements, filters, no ads and more. Thanks for watching and make sure to subscribe to our channel.
0: Last.ting.com. Go to last.ting.com to take advantage of our special $25 discount off your first device. And if you've already got a compatible device, because they have that huge DSM coverage now and that CDMA coverage, they'll give you $25 service credit. And that, my friends, that paid for more than my first month. That actually paid for like a month and change for me. That's how much of a value Ting is. It's crazy. Last.ting.com. They also have that savings calculator. If you're curious, before you make any switches, and then last but not least, they have that early termination relief program where they're going to pay a little bit of money to get you off that plan, because I know, I know that you want to get off that contract, right, Noah? I do. All I right, like. Sir. Are you ready? Just to tra- paying for what are you? Are you ready to transition into the news? I would
1: love to talk friend? about the news because today is going to be kind of a fun news day.
0: It is. This is uh, your first. The first story you grabbed for us today is when uh, you said this first story is one that man, I wish we would have had this when I was a kid.
1: So I went to you know I, I was I was in college and of course all the college computers ran Windows, or at least the majority of them did. We did have. It's actually a funny story. I had. Uh, the first day in class, the teacher was telling us, Well, we have the Mac Lab and the Windows Lab, and we have the Penguin Lab. Can anyone tell me why it's called the Penguin Lab? And this kid, like, very, very enthusiastically throws his hand up and goes, I, I know, I know, I know. Well, uh, tell us why. And he goes, Because it's very cold in there. Like, really, dude? But anyway, uh, yeah, finding a Linux computer was a little difficult. And I thought about bringing uh, my own computer, but that's kind of a pain because I already have this hardware that's already set up. The lens or the learn stick is a Linux-based uh, USB device that you, I, 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 the way I understand it is you, you essentially plug it in and it's like a bring-your-own-device so you can use your own computer hmm. and it is specifically tailored for hmm. uh, education. Okay. So, for example, the, the I, I guess at scale it would be something like all the students purchase this LearnStick and maybe they have a really decent uh, you know, display and yeah. keyboard and yeah. all this stuff set up. Yeah. Then you come in with your LearnStick and so everyone, they can save files. And I think this is only possible because technology oh. has gotten to the part, na- to the point now where we can put an entire computer in what would yeah. have been a USB yeah. drive.
0: Yeah. So uh, the whole idea here is you essentially run off of this.
1: I, I it either runs off there, or it, or it runs off of the the existing hardware that's there, I believe.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. kind of it almost turns the existing hardware into like a thin client. Yes, right. And right. Uh, and so but you can save all your data, quote unquote, locally onto that right. LearnStick. Right, and then, then that also means that the the processing power of that is not as important mm-hmm. either, which mm-hmm. is pretty neat.
1: Um, the the images available for download uh, at the LearnStick site, you can take that and I believe
0: you can just put it onto. Um, a stick now part uh, of it's in German so it's hard for us to read right right it's pretty yeah neat, yeah it looks like you build a flash yeah, it, doesn't even the, like it, it doesn't look like it's hardware dependent right which is nice mm-hmm. yeah I was just looking at the uh, I was trying to see if they had the, uh, the this part in English to describe how you do it but no it is in German yeah, it, it was Still a little, little difficult English,
1: it was a little difficult to navigate the site but one we broadcast to an international audience so yep. it is relevant to a lot of people and two yep. I would actually be willing to go through to try and get some of this interpreted for the purpose of being able to use it because I think it has wild potential um, and no, if nothing else the idea that I can carry a computer in my pocket yeah, yeah. And it
0: looks like there's selling one of these sticks that has an ethernet port in it too so it's Mm -hmm. more than just your average stick if you have ethernet in it as well uh which they specifically sell say uh, could be used for uh, specific types of training Mm -hmm. this is really neat and uh, the learn stick distribution contains educational programs multimedia software and a complete office package games programs and software for digital picture editing these are all different open source programs that are included specifically for education
1: I mean, really, for me, as long as I have an Office Suite, a web browser, and a terminal, those are the only three things I really have to have yeah, access to at yeah. all three times. Yeah. And so if I, have all a- if I have access to those three applications, I'm a happy camper.
0: All right. Our next story uh, comes along uh, in an era where nobody can ever let good be and in- just sit there and be good enough. No, no. If we can, we must fork. And ergo, <laughs> we have a replacement, an alternative <laughs> init system. It's not necessarily a fork, but yet... Smells like one the same. It is the, uh, GNU-DMD, which stands for, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Damon's Managing Damon's Damon's Project, right? Mm -hmm. What the hell's going on here, Noah? It sounds like a recursive acronym. So, the idea
1: is that, (laughs) Uh, uh, obviously, System D uh, being a fine project and something that I personally really appreciate and support, especially being a systems administrator, um, but the... Not everybody
0: likes it, though, Noah. No, the
1: GNU Freedom people, they, you know, they always want to, you know, step one thing up, and so they, though, acknowledge that the current init system is a little bit dated, um, so we're going to create a new one yeah. that is uh, freedom friendly or freedom respecting or Libra respecting or whatever
0: the. Yeah, so they say here uh, it's a, a service manager that provides a replacement for the service managing capabilities of SysFee System 5, mm-hmm. or another init systems. a both powerful and beautiful dependency based system with a convenient interface. It is intended for use on GNU slash Herd, of course, <laughs> but it's supposed to work on every POSIX like system. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, it has been tested on GNU slash Linux and the GUIX distribution. It's in early development stages and can be found on the GNU FTP server for alpha versions. You going to load it on your box? No. No, I'm not. I, I, I appreciate that stuff
1: like this exists, just like I appreciate Triscoll, like, the fact that Triscoll exists. But I'm going to steal your line and say that if I was to use Triscoll, by the time I got done making it usable for me, I would have undid all the things they did to make it Triscoll <laughs> to begin with. So there really isn't much of a point.
0: Yeah. All right, Noah. Well, guess what? Tell me what. It's been a few years, Mm -hmm. uh, if you can believe it. I actually do mean a few years since we've got the big news about Steam coming to Linux. Uh, It was this week, three years ago, when uh, Michael Larabel over on Pharonix got his big interview with uh, Gabe and the folks over at Valve about their Steam client ambitions. And uh, we go through and he recaps some of that, including uh, some exciting Linux progress as well as 1,000, uh, actually 1,100 games now available on Steam. And the big things we're looking forward to this year for Steam as well as Source 2, Steam Machines, and the Steam Controller all expected to be released before the end of the year. Maybe we'll even see SteamOS fully stabilized. A lot of stuff coming up also around the Vulkan driver that's being financed for Valve as soon as the Kronos Group releases their first Vulkan specification. So, even though we're three years in, it looks like this might be one of our biggest years yet. We might finally get to see the Steam machines. We're going to see more games. Source 2. Is this the year that Noah becomes a gamer under Linux? You know, it could happen.
1: The thing that appeals to me about the Steam box is I I've, I, I, I like playing games. Like, I used to play Nintendo 64. Just by the time I got into college and then I just kind of lost all real yeah. time to play games. But if I could have a box that I could put in my living room and just, you know, sit down and relax for a little bit and play every once in a while. And, I, you know, I don't always run... Uh, necessarily, "quote unquote" high-end hardware. Uh, it I i you know, I, I go through laptops like the wind, but a lot of, a lot of times it will be Celerons, and a lot of times they yeah. integrated graphics. You don't graphics. worry about
0: the GPU, right?
1: You know? So uh, it's not really, uh, it's not really my thing. But I, if I had to wager a guess, I would say that they will probably release this at the end of November on Black Friday, because that's when, you know, these game consoles get out, and that's when everyone wants to buy them for Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, I will not be one of the people camping at Best Buy for seven and a half weeks, but I will purchase one online when the, those people have their stuff, yeah. and then I can buy mine. I'm
0: torn too because I, I want to build one pretty soon. Or I want to get one pretty soon so that way we can review it on the show. But at yeah. the same time, it's like, well, I don't ever see myself willing to spend a ton of money and, yeah. and wait in line when I could just build one and load Steam OS. Yeah,
1: and here's the other problem with building one is I know myself well enough to know that I don't particularly appreciate games. And so if I built a Steam box, it would yeah. just get repurposed. Yeah, yeah. Like I would set yeah. it aside and be like, this yeah, is I my Steam box. That. And then six weeks down the road, I'd be like, you know, what? I never use that thing mm-hmm. and I need it for something else. And then that'll be the end of my I Steam can box. See I, can I
0: see that. If I buy it, I probably won't touch it. So let me tell you about uh, the story that keeps getting kicked around the internet a lot that we've had a lot of people email emailing should be our runs Linux, but we actually did a long time ago. If you're a long-time Linux Action Show listener, you already knew this. But uh, the scientists who operate the te- Hubble telescope run Linux. Uh, this is uh, The reason why this is getting a lot more attention the last couple of weeks is a new documentary about the Hubble te- Space Telescope was just released on NOVA. And uh, it, once it hit NOVA, uh, it hit Reddit, and then from there on, people have been talking about it in this last week. Uh, we see a scientist in this documentary using Ubuntu to interpret data from the satellite... And uh, not really all that surprising because we've actually talked about it a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. But pretty neat. It's called The Invisible Universe Revealed from Nova. And it's an interesting piece about the rescue mission that managed to fix the telescope. Remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool to see Ubuntu being used to analyze that data, isn't it? So my, uh, yeah, anytime we see Linux, it's
1: it's a cool thing. And, it's, and But really, when it comes to these very, very uh, specific environments, these very, very demanding environments, I think you'd probably expect to find Linux. Interesting thing about the Hubble Space Telescope, based on my understanding, is that if so- anyone takes a picture, it's public domain. So if somebody takes a picture from the Hubble Space Telescope and puts it on Fox News, you can take that picture and use it because... Anyone can use it. Mm, That's very true. That's kind of like an open source community styled approach. It is. Mm
0: -hmm. Hey, uh, we wanted to throw this endless computer in the news segment. Uh, As we're recording early, you may or may not have heard of this by now. Uh, it's uh, got 753 backers. They're, they've already raised more money than their goal. They wanted a goal of $100,000. they have raised $126,000 with 17 days left to go. It's called the Endless Computer. And while at first we were a little skeptical, it looks like they might be building a Linux computer that could be approachable to everybody. So I'll play a little bit of their video, and then Noah and I are going to talk to you about it, because we'd be curious to see what your take what your take is on it.
4: You know, we can search things. We can uh, study. We yeah,
5: What would you do if you didn't have a computer? Welcome to the developing world, a place where almost five billion people, teeming with potential, don't have access to a computer. The digital divide is hardening. And along with it, what it means to have and have not. A few years ago, while traveling through India, I had a really simple insight. Most people have a television. And I looked down at my phone and in my hand, I realized it was a full CPU tower. In other words, if you used a smartphone processor to power a full desktop operating system, and you plugged it into people's TVs, you could suddenly make the cost of a computer the same as a smartphone. So three years later, Kickstarter, I am proud to announce to you our baby. Meet Endless the first computer developed with and for our users in emerging markets. It doesn't require training to use, it doesn't get slowed down with viruses, it runs on affordable processors, it can use your TV as a monitor, it's cheaper than most tablets, and it has over hundred applications preloaded that work with or without the internet, including video, health, gaming, an entire encyclopedia, apps to run a business, just to name a few. Just because we're building
3: an inexpensive computer doesn't mean we're building a cheap computer. We're building our hardware to be the best
5: possible, most luxurious hardware for our consumers. The opportunity, though, isn't in the hardware, it's in the software.
3: Wendless is going to the field, is going to the favelas, to really connect with people knocking on their doors, asking them what is necessary for your life to evolve.
5: The thing that to me is most compelling is that what we've built is a system that works with internet, without internet, and it has modes of operation in between.
4: The most meaningful application will be the Wikipedia application. It's got a large chunk of knowledge and information available in a very easy to access form. It turns out that there's a lot you can do, even by putting health information inside a computer.
6: People can.
0: So I'm going to stop it here. The full mm-hmm. video is available on their site. We've watched the whole thing, and uh, and the more we watched, the more uh, interested we actually got. Yeah, in fact, <clears throat> I think it's safe to say that we started on
1: one end of the fence and yeah. kind of drug got dr- yeah. got uh, pulled over. But you know, it's projects like this that that excite me for a couple of reasons. One is I feel like they are taking a couple pieces of key technology mm-hmm. and key infrastructure and combining mm-hmm. them. So for example, we did an interview when we were out at Scale doing live coverage there. And uh, one of the ladies there, what her project is, they take core parts of the internet, <clears throat> put them on hard drives and bring them over yeah. on servers to parts of the, yeah. uh, the, of the world them, where people can't get to them. So this is essentially combining that yeah. with yeah. something kind yeah. of like the Raspberry Pi, except yeah. I understand that it's x 86 It's, x86 it's based.
0: actually x86-based. The video makes it sound like it's an ARM-based deal, right? Uh, but the base unit uh, is uh, and the secondary unit are both x86. They're Intel Celeron processors, but I mean... You know what,
1: Chris? I have an Intel Celeron Nook that's at my house, and I, mm-hmm. I call it my task machine. And I do simple things, like I'll use Terminal or I'll browse the internet or check my email. And I got to tell you, if you don't... No, if they're you're not Celerons doing a whole lot. So bad it works just fine. You never I,
0: know. They shouldn't have called it Celeron. They should have given it a different name. Uh, uh, and There's a couple of things that turned me around on this. So let's start with Endless OS. It's mm-hmm. Linux based. Uh, the desktop environment looks to be based on GTK three. That's reason um, enough. And they've customized it a bit. And what's fascinating is earlier on, like two years ago in the project's life, life cycle, they started with Android and they thought they'd make they'd use Android as the default desktop <laughs> operating system. And they decided they could not get a good enough desktop environment out of Android OS, mm-hmm. and they bailed on it. They bailed on Android OS and switch to Linux to make sure they could give a better experience. Right. That really pushes some buttons for me because that yep. means they're setting a bar and they're making sure they stick to it. Mm-hmm. The computer itself is tiny. Mm-hmm. It, uh, if you're watching the video version, you get an idea. It looks like a tiny subwoofer. Mm-hmm. And it has a speaker in it, too, which is kind of neat. Um, they talk about the app center it has. for you install, like, uh, different apps and health center, things like that? Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the most important piece, the pricing. So uh, when you look at the pricing, it's not so bad. It starts at just $169 for a 32-gigabyte Linux computer. Uh, if you want, uh, like, Wi-Fi and speaker, you have to go $189. And if you want a 500-gigabyte version, it's $229. And they're also offering the buy-one-give-one features like the one, one laptop per child did. I think this is a great opportunity. I think it's something that uh, if it
1: was available for uh, retail purchase, it's something I would Completely consider just uh, so perfect purchasing for my computer, yeah, purchasing for my son. and, uh, it, and would, it would be really great. And and Altuspeed will probably look into to the feasibility of this, but to fitting some schools or, right, or a lab.
0: Look, this, they have a two thousand dollar Kickstarter. So right. for two thousand dollars, which they already have two backers on, mm-hmm. they've already had two people bite. Uh, you can outfit an entire school mm-hmm. with one of these. Well, the pro- oh, I'm sorry. They've had 10 people bite on that. They've had 10 people bite on outfitting an entire school. Well, so the we're not AltaSpeed is not a large company,
1: right? So I there's there's a limit to how much I can really contribute to to a to a project like this, but if I had, you know, with 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 hardware like that, we can outfit you probably need 35 40 computers um, to do something like that. So that works out to be what? $7,500? Mm-hmm. I that's something that we could possibly afford to do and mm-hmm. and then we could uh, we could put these into a school and take those mm-hmm. Windows machines out and replace them with Linux boxes. Um, now I understand full and well that these—that's probably not what they're focusing on. They're focusing on developing countries, places that don't have yeah. a lot of resources. Yes, they are. But uh, just the same, I think that you know, especially in 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 yeah. early education, mm-hmm. uh, preschool, elementary education, yes. I think that there's yes. a there's a potential there.
0: And I love that it runs Linux. So yeah. it's called the Endless, and it's over. It's on Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter.com/slash/project/slash/endless-computers, or just click the link in the show notes, Endless Computers. And it's already sponsored. It's already it's already reached its funding goal. And we just wanted to. Feature because uh, it's a great example now of not just how a uniquely designed computer for Linux can uh, bring you know computing to an entire generation, but like if that wasn't good, like if that wasn't a big enough statement on its own, that kind of blows your mind. The fact that it's x86 based Mm -hmm. to me is the bigger story because it then brings it into a whole new threshold. You're talking about a sub two hundred dollar computer. It's x86 means that now I'm thinking libraries, now I'm thinking schools, yep. now I'm thinking my, stu- my, my kid's home computer. Yep. I'm thinking the kitchen computer. I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, not truly ha- could be the, when they say endless, they mean it's, the, the, the possibility for who it could be used for are endless. Yeah, Well,
1: and the, 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 that important distinction between x86 and ARM is that I have certain applications that I know work well on, on x86. Some of them are, are a little bit older, and unless there's somebody around, I'm not a developer. So if I don't have the ability to port that stuff to ARM, it may just never exist on ARM. And I've, I've hit that roadblock once or twice. Mm-hmm. Not very often, Grant. You, but every once in a while, it happens. Farm and bill. so, for, yeah, and for something like this, it, that, I'm not going to find. I'm not going to run into that. So, yep. if it works on my desktop yep. computer. It'll work on
0: this. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, Noah, that's all the news for this week. Man, are we excited to talk to you about OBS, aka OBS, aka Open Broadcaster? And we are going to talk with the founder, Jim, about the project, about how he saved Linux Fest Northwest, the future of that project, and some of the big challenges. But first, I want to tell you about our segment sponsor, System 76, creators, builders of machines designed, born to run Linux, like the System 76 Meerkat. Speaking of Linux Fest Northwest, we had the Meerkat at our booth. Running for three days straight, powering our displays. It was great. People stopped by. They like to check out the laser engraving of the System 76 logo on top. And and Noah, the System 76 Meerkat. It's mm-hmm. so easy to set up. Even, even a Canadian a BSD could do it. even a Canadian BSD user could do it. Yeah.
1: Did, did you Did you catch that? I did. We handed we handed L in the box and we said, "Here, see what you can do yeah. with this." And he got it out of the box, got it plugged in, got the thing turned on, got through the setup. Even though he ran into a little bit of an issue because <laughs> he tries to BSD his way through Linux sometimes, but. There is a picture of Alan, Alan very Jude, happily setting Linux up for like the fourth time actually because yeah. he
0: throughout the course of Linux Fest yeah. he actually ended up installing yeah. Linux more than he installed yeah. BSD. <laughs> actually, I don't think he installed BSD once. No, no, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so easy to set up a System76 Meerkat. Even a BSD user can do it while well smiling. you so go check it out, System76.com, and it's actually it's fun. You know, Alan was just, seriously. You know he didn't enjoy setting up Linux. He's a trooper for uh, doing it for us.
1: Alan Allen doesn't I don't think I think it's almost kind of a show. I don't think Alan really cares. No, I know, yeah. yeah. he's just I think he just likes to it's, like it's just his, like we don't actually think that he can't set up you know yeah, these things. It's his, so it's his brand. It's his brand.
0: You know what? Go to system seventy six. They got laptops, desktops, even servers built to run Linux. That way you don't have to fight with your hardware. You get to play with your Linux system 76com Tell them the Linux Action Show sent you, please. So we were so stoked to be able to actually stream live using <coughs> Linux. And it initially wasn't going to be our original plan. Mm-hmm. We had planned to do it all like we have before under the Mac and Wirecast. It was sort of our go-to tried-and-true solution. It has all the features we want and then some. And it's pretty flexible. And we have a couple of experts on the team. but. As you can see. Noah would not let this stand, and and as an opportunity opened, we didn't have that hardware available or software available to us. So we had a crack in the plan to slip a little Linux in there. And sure enough, once you slip a little Linux in the crack... It never gets out. So, uh,
1: uh, back almost a couple weeks before I came out for Linux Fest, I had asked Chris, I said, hey, um, would you be open to using Linux for the broadcast? And of course, Chris's answer, almost any time you ask him something like that is, I would love to use Linux, I just don't think it's there yet, but if you want to spend your time all day for weeks and possibly wind up with nothing, go right ahead. So, I did just that, and as he predicted, I came out with nothing, because (laughs) I tried to use uh, uh, Snowmix, which supposedly promised it was going to do all of this stuff, but after playing around with it for almost... A week, it I was nowhere. So I had to, I had to, I had to eat crow, and I called him and said, "Yeah, you know what? It's not going to work out. So I guess let's use the Mac Pro." So I land, and of course, we hit the ground running. We had the whole Angela si- yeah, situation. Man. So I didn't sleep. Thir- I, I didn't sleep Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I got a little bit of sleep on Sunday. And then we found out the guy that was going to do the. Uh, production for us <clears throat> with his equipment and his camera, and the whole nine yards, had a family emergency,
0: wasn't going to be able to make the it. The chairman has noticed that we now refer to it as the whole Angela situation because yeah. it was
1: so so well, much drama for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a whole other episode, literally. Yeah. So we get so so. Anyway, if you start thinking, well, what can we do? Well, we can. We have access to a couple, uh, you know, other pieces of hardware that we can try to shoehorn into being a, a solution, but they all kind of revolved around proprietary solutions, and really, they weren't an optimal streaming rig to begin with. Right. Um, and so we were talking about different ways to do this and i i I just i didn't have an answer because i thought i'd already spent a week and i already know that's fruitless so why even go down that road but i have this weird problem anytime somebody says there's a possibility we can use linux i just i so i stay up all night again so now we're at like monday this is not no
0: joke either and i I
1: monday tuesday and wednesday i spend all night up to like 5 in the morning trying to research this stuff, learn about this stuff, and I finally come across across OBS, and I'd seen it before, but I could never get it it to build. Um, And so I try to get it installed, and as usual, it doesn't work. So Thursday I go back and I try to install it on the Bonobo. I take the Bonobo with me, and the great thing about System76 and the Bonobo is I can get Linux loaded on it in about six minutes. I get the proprietary graphic drivers installed, which I found in an obscure uh, blog post, and
0: boom, OBS works. Yeah, it turns out, uh, and we're going to discuss this with Jim and the interview, uh, OBS uses quite a bit of GPU acceleration to mm-hmm. do a lot of the stuff it does, which makes total sense. And if you were going to design software today, is exactly how you should do it, right? That's why the GPU makes a big difference. But in order to take advantage of all that stuff, you have to have the proprietary driver. Normally, when we're loading a machine here at JB1, we don't load the proprietary graphics right. driver unless the workload specifically demands it. Mm-hmm. So we get, I get it working, and I, I come, I come running up to Chris's office
1: like a like a, an infant. But I thought
0: something. Going, go, I thought like there was a fire. Seriously. Like, boom!
1: Boom! Boom! He comes around, and I'm like, look, what, "Look Look! Look! It works! It works! Look! I can switch! I yeah. can switch! It works! Look! Can we use it? Can we use it? Can we use it?" And he goes, "Maybe, but here's the thing: it needs to be reliable. And how are you going to plug cameras into that?" And I went, "Into the USB ports. Which ones? The two on the, the, the two on this. We don't. We have more than two cameras. We have. We have an audio. Have oh, yeah, geez. Yeah. We went Where are we going
0: to store all the clips?" So
1: he goes, "All right. Well, I have to go do a show. Here's an extra computer." Do something with it if you
0: want. I'm like, all right, all right. So I take it downstairs, and we have. It Alan. used to be. It used to be our production hackintosh. It right, used to be where right. we did a lot of our shows on.
1: So Alan and Q5 and myself are sitting, tearing this thing apart, trying
0: to trying to resurrect it and breathe, breathe. Seriously,
1: it's not working. I
0: actually, I think I have a. I, I'm gonna go check. I have. Yeah. A, I took a couple yeah, yeah, of pictures. Yeah, it's on Facebook as well. Angela posted it. <laughs> oh, actually, I have a. whole... You know what? I have a whole album, and you should see. So it's like it's funny because uh, the group of people that are working on this, it's like uh, it couldn't be a better group because right. obviously uh, Noah like tears apart PCs for a living all the time. Mm-hmm. He's a, you know he does the technician work. Alan builds servers constantly. Plus he has all of the live streaming expertise, and right. you've got the media production background as well. Right. So like you couldn't have a better team of people yeah, we- working on this particular computer. Yeah, we
1: really did. So, so anyway, so we're sitting there and we eventually come to the conclusion there. There one, I I, I was making trips to Best Buy. I'd go buy RAM, I'd bring it back in, try it, didn't work. Tried to pull the GPU out, that didn't work. Eventually we narrowed it down to one of three things. The power supply, the CPU, or the motherboard. And that is me going, what the heck? Yeah, right. we're so, like,
0: this is a good rig, it has good RAM, good processor. What is wrong so with this thing? So my
1: spidey sense tells me there's nothing wrong with the power supply because nothing about the problems that we're experiencing seemed like a power supply issue. So eventually we said it's got to be the motherboard or the CPU. So Chris comes do- out after doing two episodes of Tech Snack and I'm like really- Tech Snap, yeah Tech it, was like,
0: snap. it was like a four, it was like a 4 or 5 hour recording marathon. So I
1: said I'm really ha- I really hate to do this to you Chris but we need to go all the way to Renton to go to Fry's, which is a store I know you love and we need to buy a new computer to do this. Yeah. And so Chris goes, all right. So we drive all the way to fr- we I drive like fries. an hour and a half, two hours. And your your hate is well justified, as I can personally attest. <laughs> we uh, we purchase new equipment, take it all the way back to the studio. So this is nine o'clock at night, mind you. We have to be on the road driving to Linux Fest Northwest by one o'clock in the afternoon the following day because we have to have everything set up by three. Or, or I'm sorry, we have to get there by three, have everything set up, and be to dinner by six because this is all they, there's reservations and. That was the only place that they had those dinner reservations, and you would pay to float everyone out here so we yes. could have this community. We had to be so there, there is this super tight timetable. Now, mind you, I haven't slept in the last three nights. Really, I've gotten maybe an hour or two of sleep. Not to mention the fact that the week before that, I hadn't slept because I was uh, working on Angela's <laughs> thing, and then not the week before that, I hadn't slept because I was trying to recover the interviews that, uh, that we had filmed the week before, which oh I was gosh. up all night filming. So I have, I, I like, Midway through this project I hit a breaking point I just it was it just I hit a spot because nothing was working because we had the drives misconfigured they were plugged in different ways and it was trying to install to SDF or SDG and I guess in the installer basically you have to be on SDA or SDB and Alan did not want to accept this he wanted to try and debug the installer at five o'clock in the freaking morning when we have to be done so we get, and you're going to see a video, because we filmed throughout the, the process, and you see me just lose it. Like, I just get to a point, and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I can't take anymore. I just, I hit my threshold of how tired I could be, and all I wanted to do is sleep. Like, I yeah. didn't care if it worked anymore.
0: Right. And But, it, you know, it's got to the point, though, there's like there's this nagging piece in the back of your mind. It's like, if we don't have this fixed, right? we don't have a live fest.
1: Not only that, if we don't, not only that, if... I don't get it. This is my opportunity to say, you don't have any other choice, so let's try Linux. We, yeah. it, it, I mean, it, it just doesn't get any—an opportunity does not get dropped in your lap, and Noah does not miss an opportunity to switch someone to Linux. <laughs> so we just—we d- doubled down, and it took me till 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. Alan had since gone to bed. Everyone was gone. I'm sitting there working on it by myself, but lo and behold, by God's grace— we got the thing working and we got it working well, so Chris is gonna roll a video and this is uh, Clips throughout the night little bits. I mean I was trying to get work done, too But I am not, I have had uh, multiple people can attest. I have taken no drugs. I have drinking no alcohol I have no reason to lie about that and I have gone nutso <laughs> Here we go <clears throat> There is the new motherboard it's right next to the and There's Alan very sexy <laughs> Yeah Alan, they're all, they're had all fucking the cabling. So. yeah, he yeah, decided. Know. Chris did not do such a. Chris's cable management <laughs> leaves something to be desired. I, I
6: don't know <laughs> if he one. did it or not. There are some zip ties on here that I might try to avoid having to cut.
1: Yeah, I just cut them. So I'm gonna put that M.2 uh, SATA card in. That's what I'm working on. That uh,
6: would be nice. I yes, I accidentally connected the power thing to the hard drive LED.
1: Oh, okay.
6: Alright. So from, uh, power
5: from the, switch uh-huh. is the two in the middle. On the bottom side,
6: really I did really bad. I deleted all those HFS partitions like three times, but it doesn't actually apply until you yeah, apply. Yeah, right, right. Except yeah. you're in some tool where when you don't have to yeah, apply, yeah. and it just live delete shit. Yeah.
1: So here's what happened. I am really tired. My sleep schedule is all messed up. <laughs> I opened up the Disk Utility and deleted the boot partition?
6: <laughs> the whole Linux partition. Uh,
1: he was trying. He was trying to create the
6: HFS or not the HFS. The the LVM. Yeah. For for the rest of the storage. The
1: storage, but... And he, I, he,
6: the one thing he deletes is the one thing we didn't want to delete. <laughs> well, and, and I was literally, like, practically grabbing the keyboard trying yeah. to stop him, but... Well, he tried to tell me, stopped.
1: but, like, sometimes, like, your hand, like, it sends a command.
6: Yeah, we had this discussion a couple hours ago, yeah. and so... Hey, there yes.
1: it is. Now we can boot off the Kingston, at least. Is, is that
6: the Kingston? I assume
1: so, because it's not the two Apple crap. No, Uh-oh. That's not good. No, that was the Kingston
6: network. <laughs> Okay. There, there are <laughs> okay. many drives, this thing has like a bunch <laughs> See, of <I'm> random <laughs> disks in it that all have random shit on
1: it. <clears throat> okay, so I would actually be worried about this except uh, it actually literally, literally because of the, the incredible power of Linux, it took me like under ten minutes to get everything set up. The hardest part was actually troubleshooting the fact that the audio interface didn't work.
6: <laughs> yeah, hey, mostly we, just oh, did you assume that it if did. If you
1: hit this button quickly, then, then we don't have to actually oh. boot into the, now we can go to install. Uh, yeah. There we go. So now we're gonna reinstall Linux, Linux GNU slash Linux. Okay, so so to be clear, <laughs> has anyone in this room seen me take any alcohol? No,
6: it's not alcohol. You're just sleep deprivation. Yeah, sleep I'm deprivation. Just a little better I, at managing I, see, and a little less behind yeah. on the sleep.
1: This is exciting, Alan. But, but you we,
6: better watch what I'm doing because okay. I've never installed Linux okay, before. Ins- we, we definitely want Check that M3 box. Codex. You want?
1: Yeah, yeah. Check that box.
6: Wait, hold on. So now, Alan is installing Linux. We need to tweet this out. I I, I did
1: the last one. He actually he actually installed it last time too. He did a very good job.
6: I, I know what I'm doing. I've done Linux before. I just prefer BSD. I don't yeah. have anything against Linux. That
1: makes you that makes you a much more uh, legitimate user, Alan, because like you know the differences. No, we want the yeah. The
5: C three hundred. Yeah,
1: the crucial. <laughs> I want the crucial because I don't trust OCZ. I've had like yep. I've had like four My OCZ. My Vertex
6: three is. It's just yeah, but so. for
1: I, I OCC. In fact, I I, I am so. There's par- a reason they
6: went out of business and got yeah. bought by Toshiba. So. Here's
1: the thing, I've had so much bad experience with OCC. Now the now that'll actually work because the because now the, it's connected to the you know internet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. You I just want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> We're hung up on the time. That's funny.
6: No, know. this one took a long time last um, time too.
4: Percent. I'm just thinking about what I'm gonna hear later when he regrets making this
1: video. No, I'm not posting it or anything. I mean, I might. I probably will. Uh, I. I'm um, yeah, you're not. Gonna um, post call your it. Brain, uh, call it stream. Or yeah, that'll work. Yeah.
4: What
6: JB all
1: series? Like... <laughs> that makes no sense, Alan. Yeah. That makes no sense. Uh, stream, or yeah, yeah. No, not JB. Don't don't do JB Studio. Do JB Stream. Yeah, yeah, mobile. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Don't yeah, yeah. No, it the no. Okay, place. fine. I will not tell you. Yeah. <coughs> that the password uh, is, uh-huh, uh-huh. big honkers eighty. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. No, we won't say that. Do you ever do that? Like when you type your password? I do that no. sometimes. Oh, I do. It. Uh
6: but that's mostly a habit from yeah. years of not doing. That.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Burr. that's a nice one, dude. Nice push. Nice. It had good tone. I not had anything. Good, to an in, it, in had good it, or, it had good intonation. It had yes. good projection. You, 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 you belch from the diaphragm, projected forward. I love it. I'm, I'm so, so anyway, uh, if you haven't figured it out, I am weird. really effing tired. Like I have literally hit the limit of how I'm tired I think I, I can be. Yeah, because my sleep schedule is so screwed up, and I, I've had like, f- like.
6: Well, last relax. night after we went. That, to yeah, the hotel to go had, to sleep. I had he to go do work. I couldn't go to sleep. I, he,
1: I have he, to do work. I have to do work because I'm here all day working on this crap. But then I, then like the night before, like two nights before that we were working on the Mac and then a week before that I stayed up trying to recover the interviews and it's like in the past like three weeks I've not slept like five of those nights and it's really catching up to me. And now yeah, I'm doing see, really dumb things. I, I don't do the
6: whole not sleeping thing. I get a couple of hours, otherwise I'm I would love to.
1: People. It's just I run out of freaking hours in the day to sleep. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, anyway, so now we're going to reinstall Linux for the second time. But I'm not worried because the the entire inst- this process uh, th- actually this install is going to take longer because uh, we're connecting. You actually NFC
6: managed to, to discover the internet this time. so well, it didn't. It's it
1: wasn't that it didn't discover the internet. so I plugged it into the inner tube.
6: Oh, right connect- to stream connector. it. Yeah. yeah, and so now it's going to install some updates, which right. takes slightly longer. Actually, but it's in the some end, new. we kind of want that done anyway, so. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, uh, so it's going to do that. If, and then, if, if anybody should be saying it, it's me with the whole, you know, patch your shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Patch your, you know what. So what we're going to do is we're going to get Linux installed for the second time tonight, and then I'm going to reinstall all the broadcasting stuff, which took like literally 10 minutes, if that, probably five minutes. Actually, I bet I can do it under two. And then I'll just double check that everything, oh crap. You're going to have to Language extreme,
6: packs, really? Can, can you skip language packs?
1: You could. What if I want to speak Japanese? Or Chinese? Is the mouse handy? Or Mexican. Also not well, Spanish. Ow.
6: The skip bad. button is grayed out. What the fuck's the point of a skip button? <laughs> well, I, I, I think I might have you, you call,
1: actually skipped something. You call it... yeah, you probably skipped... Uh, and then the time went from 5 base. seconds back
6: up to 40 seconds. Yeah, see? A lot of good well, that did. Well, whatever. Uh, now it's down to 4 seconds. I don't...
1: Zero. We're at zero, and we're and still waiting. on we less than 50%, percent, but
6: we're zero percent. Uh, wow. Well, zero anyways, percent. Leave our
1: office. All right, so anyway, so we're going to do this. We're going to get Linux installed, and we're going to go back. We're going to download and install the broadcasting software, and then we're going to connect to the audio interface. We're going to give it one last test, and then I am going to sleep. Yes. Good night, everybody.
4: I uh, cannot install Last Linux
1: I right. right. don't so have a cow. We have, we have tried, Got we've account gotten account. Linux installed. I am more sleepy than I was before. And if you look <laughs> at the error message we have, oh no, it says, grub install error fail to get canonical path of slash cow. There is no cow in my home directory, so we can install Rupery. grub. <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. Yeah,
1: man. I, somewhere around
0: five a.m., I just didn't care anymore. Yeah, and then you managed. You actually managed. So you, brought, you drove Alan home, and then managed to come Well, because
1: yeah, here's the thing: like he, like he wanted to redo the grub.conf file by default, and I'm like, yeah, well, let's just switch the hard drive order and install it like we always do. Just stick yeah. the USB stick and stick, click next a thousand times. And yeah,
0: then it'll work, and then it did work. You know, it's funny yeah. though. Uh, you, you, you said something. And it was just sort of a throwaway line. There, you're like, well, once we get the OS installed, it's just like ten minutes to get all the broadcast yeah. software installed, and that is. That's so the case when you when you move your production over to Linux like yeah. under 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 the Mac like it takes you know an hour to get the Mac set up or 40 minutes or 20 yep. minutes whatever and then it's go download the software after you get the vendor's website you log into the vendor with your special credentials cuz you've bought the software then you download the software then you have to activate the software with their key and mm-hmm. register it with their server and then set it all up and it with OBS or and and, and other things, it's just it's like or darkcast or whatever it's just boom you just get it from the repo and it's yeah. set it up and it's yeah.
1: ready to go. Yeah and and uh, yeah it was two commands to get OBS installed, and, and, it, and, and to OBS's credit, or OBS credit, uh, once I installed it, it worked just fine. In fact, the audio interface, I thought I was going to have to troubleshoot that and figure out how that worked, and mm-hmm. it turns out I just plugged it in and mm-hmm. specified it, and Pulse took care of everything for me. Mm-hmm. So um, Yeah, it works well. It was, it was, a, it was a fun project. Looking yeah. back on it, I'll just look back and laugh. At the time, even though I was laughing, it actually really wasn't funny because I knew it was on the line, and I knew I wasn't going to get to sleep until it worked. <laughs> um,
0: but it worked. It, it, it all did. worked out, and now we have Linux. It, it, at least it was, all, it was all for something. It wasn't for not. Uh, and so after we had such a, such a great success at Linux Fest and really were blown away, uh, we suspected it was possible that the build we used to make it all happen might not have been more than two days old or so. And we were so appreciative. We said, you know what? We have got to bring the founder of OBS on and OBS or OBS. We'll get the official pronunciation from him and talk about where it's going. And so we did just that. We reached out to Jim, the founder of the OBS project, and brought him onto the show. All right, No. how exciting. Excited am I to welcome Jim to the Linux Action Show. The founder of OBS, Jim, welcome to the Linux Action Show.
4: Well, thank you for having me.
0: So, Jim, uh, it's kind of short notice because uh, we just used OBS uh, over the weekend, and after we got done, we we're like, "All right, we got to contact these guys. We're really, really super impressed." Uh, but maybe uh, for those uninitiated that are watching the show, could you give us the elevator pitch on on what OBS actually is?
4: Well, OBS is a uh, live streaming or recording, you know, sort of. Program it lets you composite it's, it's video mixing, audio mixing, all that sort of stuff in real time, and it lets you either record or or broadcast or and and it's a very high performance. That's one of the biggest emphasis mm. of the pro mm-hmm, program. Yeah. So yeah, we know that's basically what the program is about.
1: We noticed too when we went to stream that the that the reliability was amazing. You know, there were I mean it's it's very clear that that the software is in the, the early stages uh, you know, of development, but even at that stage it was rock solid. It never once crashed despite doing some really nasty things to it. We were uh, disconnecting cameras that it thought we we're going to be there and reconnecting them yeah. and changing them yeah. around and the software like a champ. Yeah. Uh it, it, it didn't crash. I what well, I take it back. It did crash when we lost the internet and then I had to restart the computer and then somehow OBS shut off, so Yeah. But, I mean it- <laughs> oh, it would have got bad.
0: Uh, but and, and t- during all of that too, Jim, uh, I, I would estimate we had around 30% CPU load. How, how mm-hmm. is OBS achieving that? How are you achieving pulling in all these camera feeds and not totally slamming the CPU? Is there some sort of GPU magic going on there?
4: Yeah, yeah. We try to use utilize you know shaders and everything you know for most of the stuff that we do, even like color conversions and things like that. Yeah. It's always tries to put anything it can onto the GPU whenever possible.
0: And so you pronounce it as OBS, not OBS. 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 Yeah. Okay. Like, no, OBS. Now we have the yeah, inside. that's yeah. what we're gonna call it. we like that. <laughs> OBS is good.
4: Yeah, uh, I, I don't mind that people call it OBS. I just that's just what I personally call it. So
0: uh, why uh, why Linux? Why not uh, focus on the Mac, which has a great graphics?
4: I, no, it's 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 all three platforms I, right. i'm making it compatible with mac linux and windows this is actually a rewrite of the original windows right. version the original windows version was like terribly written i mean it was okay. i mean i just i wasn't really making that for anybody at the time so i guess you could sort of consider the original program sort of a prototype i was just experimenting i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know anything about encoding well i mean i did know a little bit about encoding I, i've done encoding before but i mean like i never did, did like video encoding and stuff like that mm-hmm. is would and so, you yeah, it was just it's just a really difficult thing trying to sync up like audio and video and oh man, what a really challenging program this has been. Oh I bet. And this has actually been in, in development for like a year and a half. Now, sure. This new version I mean. So sure. yeah, it's actually it's actually been quite a while in development. It's not actually too early. It's but it's progress has been kind of slow.
1: Now so, when yeah. you say it's it is for all three platforms, um, do you consider Linux to be uh the, like I, I understand that you know the it, it sounds good to say that we're going to make it for all three platforms but the reality is that the underlying systems of each one of those individual platforms there have to be some separate hooks and you have to do things slightly different ways right so it was it was i guess it was really surprising to me that linux seemed to be treated like a first class
4: citizen uh, n- no i don't i don't think it's all that surprising i mean, I mean when you have an open source program and mm-hmm. you have you know, when when it's an open source program and you make it available for all platforms, you know, people of those platforms are going to come and you know contribute Help that in. stuff. And and all the Linux stuff that we've had have, uh-huh. have been thanks to all of the Linux developers like Linard, uh, Computer Quip, uh-huh. uh, PTPN earlier on in development. And you know, there's just been so many awesome developers. And so you know, I I wouldn't say it like it's it's any one person's sure. you know.
1: Well, however, however you're accomplishing it, uh, you know, it is it is really refreshing to see that. Now, obviously, like I said, you know, the, the you know, like you said, it it. Um Based on the version number and and based on looking at the, the feature sets that are there, there are mm-hmm. some things that need to be that, that are that will be continue to be developed. And it's I, I commend you guys for doing it right the first time because everything that is there works flawlessly. But one of my questions is if somebody wanted to contribute to <clears throat> a specific feature or a specific request, do you guys have like an open source bounty program or is there a place that you prefer to get uh you know, feedback from the People that are using it to say, hey, listen, you know, I would I would contribute some money to to try and see if we can get this feature worked out or this thing implemented.
4: No, we don't have we don't really have like a bounty system. Like uh, I, I have like a general bug tracker and stuff that. Uh-huh. we put feature requests on there and things like that. But I haven't really like investigated or spent time into like actual bounty stuff or anything like mm-hmm. that. I've I've, mm-hmm. I've uh, you know, I, I try to. I I take the, you know, I get donations myself, and then I actually give it, I try to give those donations back to other, like something totally awesome, you know, Hmm. so I don't actually, people don't know this, but I actually don't keep those donations for myself.
1: Hmm. That is incredible. See, and you exemplify... A Perfect community member it really you exemplify a perfect community leader. Let me ask you something <laughs> since you brought <laughs> it up how, how do people go about contributing to to the OBS project or contributing to you that you can then distribute to to the people that are contributing?
4: Uh, could you repeat the question why how
1: how do people contribute monetarily to the project?
4: Uh, well, they you know, I just have a donation. We also have Bitcoin and stuff like that, but that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't have anything so, else other than just Jim, I general think PayPal donations.
0: What uh, PayPal. what Noah and I came to the realization of, and uh, the, what really got us excited about OBS, is uh, we, for the last five years or so, have used a piece of production software called Wirecast. Are you familiar with Wirecast? Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, i tell you what excites the hell out of us is never using Wirecast ever again. And the other thing that excites the hell out of us is Wirecast is run by a company called Telestream. No no uh, hard feelings against Telestream, but they have their own agenda, they have their own things they want to have accomplished, and they really have no concerns what a podcaster wants out of their software. But the advantage of something that's open source, something, it, it, basically what I'm trying to tell you is if you had a bounty source to have certain features added, I would have my community fund those bounties, and I would fund those bounties to have, to have those features added to OBS to make it more Uh, usable in podcast production. There are features, see, with open source that I feel like I could have more of an influence. So if you had a more structured way for me to fund those things, uh, guys like Noah and I would be throwing money at those bounty sources to get those features added to OBS. And I think community members who follow podcasters that would also use that software would also be willing to do it. Because in a sense, there are features I feel like, that, if we're added, would benefit everybody and I could never convince Telestream to add them, but seems like an open source project, might, there might be a shot there. And if we had a feature added to say, make something possible so we could do something at a live stream uh, at a fest, then every podcaster or everybody that uses OBS after that could also take advantage of that. So Bounty Source seems like, for specifically for something like this, could be... Uh, and really it's really beneficial and it's a double-edged
1: know. sword too because then the other thing that's going to happen if we started pushing for that to get uh, yeah. People bought the body source But it's a double-edged sword because then you're also going to get people that develop and they'd say hey listen I don't have a lot of spare cash, but I'd be willing to contribute my time or volunteer." I, I lost
4: them. you guys Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd be kind of Oh, is our connection breaking up with you Yeah, I think it is so uh, uh, Jim do oh, have, it was
4: just for briefly. yeah,
0: so Jim what we're, what, uh, So we what we were particularly excited about is I think OBS <clears throat> seems like in this particular market has a real advantage of maybe giving content producers the ability to vote with things they'd like to see added to the software they use to produce their content, whereas commercial software, that's completely locked down. And so things like bounty source would give content producers like us um, a really, I mean, I would vote with my wallet constantly if I could do that. Have you, I mean, have you given more consideration to it, or does it seem like it'd be overwhelming?
4: Um, well, I, I have given consideration to bounty source in the past, but the problem is that Getting really high quality quality developers is mm-hmm. few and uh, especially in this particular area, and right? Like, um, graphics and uh, you know high performance, you know systems programming. You know you just it's it's kind of difficult. And yeah, the problem mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. what if someone implements like well, I mean it's what if someone implements like a solution and they do it terribly or mm-hmm. and, or they don't do it in the way you want? And they, you know they're getting pissed off and they're demanding you know that you pay them for it or something you know we have some concerns about it so we haven't yeah. moved to that quite yet mm-hmm. but we've we've thought about it and i i think if it's possible in the future i do want to be able to do it but
2: well, yeah, you can course, count on our
1: support if, if that ever becomes yeah. a reality. Mm-hmm. Please reach out. Yeah. my personal support, and sounds like Chris's support as well as the network support, uh, as well as our community support. Um, I think there's a lot of people that would uh, you know that would really like to do that. I, now, I have a, que- a specific question. Um, what are the when will um, will uh, keystrokes or shortcuts hotkeys, hot uh, be implemented? Or have has that been talked about or thought about?
4: That's actually an, that's actually what we've been working on right okay. now. Okay. I mean, that's coming up next update. Ooh. Right next update. Yeah, I already have finished. I actually just finished Linux-specific and just the other day, so...
0: Great. I like it you sucks. more and more, Jim. Great. Jim, so Jim, <laughs> I, I'm picking up something that I'm a little worried about, and I wanted to just kind of pick your brain about it. It sounds like this potentially, the OBS or OBS might become a project that's... Maybe too much of a project. I mean, because it sounds like, I mean, w- sometimes when you get into some of this encoding stuff, it's black magic and it's like you're almost pushing into the fourth dimension to make all of this stuff work. And do you feel like there is a point where it's just un- uh, unsustainable? Uh, it could be reaching a point where it's too much work, or do you think it's something that is sustainable over a long period?
4: No, oh, it's, it's uh, honestly, work is there's no such thing as too much work. The only, <laughs> the only thing there is. The only problem is that there's too little time. Yes. Yeah, sure, you know, sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, all, you know, all we need is time and and uh, workforce pretty mm-hmm. much. So,
0: mm-hmm. so how, about, how many people are the, working the, on it right now? Is it just you or is there others?
4: No, there are a bunch of others. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I was mentioning earlier that there're a whole bunch of Linux <laughs> people working on it, and, you know, on the Linux side specifically, you know. And uh there are, there's, a, there's one really good person who likes to focus specifically on Mac and that I personally like this focus specifically on windows because Mm -hmm. I was, I've been like a windows developer for quite a long time, even though I, I, I actually do prefer Linux, but I just, I, I I just stuck on windows just because it's like what I've used for so long. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. So it's, I'm glad to hear that too. That's sort of the core of my question there is, is if you sort of have a good team around it to that, to help it go, keep going.
4: Yeah. I have an, I have an awesome set of people that I'm that I'm really lucky to have, and I've worked really hard to make sure that we can all work together really well. That you see, that's, why, that's actually one of the most difficult parts of being a maintainer, is getting people to work together and communicating. Yeah. And communication yeah. in general, it's mm-hmm. just oh. Mm-hmm.
0: And and with this particular type of project. Um is it sort of a niche of developers that are, are really qualified to to work on something like this? Because it seems like it's specifically tricky kind of software to develop. It's not something that anybody just seems like they'd be able to start on. Did I lose you?
4: You're sort of cutting up there.
0: Yeah. Or... I'm kinda I was curious, do you have a hard time finding developers qualified to work on OBS?
4: Yeah, that's the problem I was mentioning earlier with the potential problem, you know, with bounty source is that really qualified you know if it's it's very difficult to get qualified developers in this particular area just because um, you know the people who can do this stuff in the way that you want in in the way that you want them to do it you know or in the way that you know that is ideal they're they're usually they usually already have a job and are being paid lots of money by mm-hmm. somebody else <laughs> right so, yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah true that is yeah, a problem but, so so yeah you know you can't really you you have to rely on you know random people on the internet you know some of them are really good like Hmm. especially linux people you know because people love linux you know they love to spend time contributing to linux that's Hmm. what i love about Linux. i wish everybody would switch to linux god i wish all my games (laughs)
1: hey you are enabling us
0: to switch to linux
4: that is
1: what you and your project are doing at this very minute
0: that's one of the reasons we're really excited is because it's sort of uh there's a lot of pieces in our tool chain that are we have have been ready to move to Linux, and this is sort of the last major piece, so this is pretty exciting for us, and that's why I'm really glad to hear the Linux support's going to continue. Uh, Jim, I just kind of was wondering, let's um, go to my last question, I don't know if you have another one Noah, but my, my last question is, is what, would, uh, what would success for OBS look like for you, or is it, does it look like that now? Or do you, have, uh, do you have something you hold in your mind, like, oh, a couple years down the road, and we're finally this, or we have this many people, or what is it that you kind of are driving towards?
4: I'm just... I, I i love this project so much it's so so much fun and it's so challenging for me personally I've been able to you know thanks to everybody I've been able to you know sustain a somewhat livable life of this now you know fortunately I'm really really happy about it and uh you know so I feel it's really successful and you know I just have so much fun working on it and everybody who works on it also has a lot of fun so you know I feel like it's already a major success, so we have a lot of users and I'm just really I'm really proud of the project, and I, I want to take it to the moon seriously. I, I want to see how many awesome things we can do with this project and make it better and add more features and things like that. Awesome, Jim.
0: You are always welcome in our community. We have an IRC going all the time. They'd love to chat with you anytime, or our subreddit, all those things. Follow us as we go. As we go out to events, we'll be streaming now using OBS, and uh, we'll be thinking of you. We really appreciate the work you and your team are doing. So keep it all up, and uh, hopefully we'll be in touch as time goes on. I think that'd be great. Absolutely
1: awesome software. Best software I've used in the last two weeks. Woo!
0: favorite project. <laughs> Hands down favorite project. There you okay, go. Well, thank
4: you. And remember, it's Obs. Obs, not, OBS. 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 not OBS. Obs.
0: Not Obs and not OBS. It's Obs. OBS. And that'll that'll <laughs> that hopefully will settle all those people that are upset about the open build service. We're calling it Obs from here on. I love it, Jim. Well, Jimmy, Jim, thank you so much for coming on the Linux Action show and seriously, keep up the great work. And that brings us to the end of this week's broadcast, but Noah, before we get out of here, we got some feedback. People went over to JupiterBroadcasting.com, clicked the contact link, and chose Linux Action Show from the drop-down. And because you did such a good job, good job, we're going to read your emails now. Or linuxactionshow.reddit.com. We are so proud of you. You wow. have just done so well. Wow, that's condescending. <laughs> All right,
1: right. Kevin writes in with a non-condescending email, and he says, I'm looking for tips and recommendations for building a system for live streaming on the local network. My church is looking to basically put a camera stationary up in the back of the sanctuary and be able to stream to TVs in other parts of the building. So here are my questions. If you could provide me with any information, that would be great. Okay. Do you have any HD cameras that you like that I could mount on a wall about 150 feet from the podium and get high-quality tight shot of the speaker? Is there some hardware that could take the video directly from the camera and convert it to a streaming standard?" such as RTSP, so I can essentially use the camera as an IP camera. Wow. This would satisfy the basic requirements. The last step will be live production. Is there any software you suggest? Preferably on Linux that would take multiple video streams and allow mixing lower thirds and produce a final stream. Hmm. So, thanks so much, and keep it up, hmm. Kevin. Hmm. Now, Kevin, hmm. Kevin, hmm. this is the part that kind of like irks me the wrong way sometimes, is that I feel like we spend all this time... <laughs> And money and effort to come up, with well, all these, uh, and he fires off an email and he's like, hey guys, could you, yes, actually we can, because we spent the whole last week doing that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we'll take the questions in order one by one. Uh, as far as high quality cameras, uh, the GoPro I have found to be the most cost effective uh, high quality video that you're going to get. Yeah, um, for I mounting 150 feet from the podium I, like that? I would not do that. I would okay. mount it very close to the podium okay. or uh, maybe even on the podium. Yeah. Um, you're going to spend $200. You're going to get HDMI out. The video quality is superb as long as there is light. The audio quality sucks, but you're going to have a sound system anyway.
0: Oh, look at the GoPro commercial.
1: Yeah. I would recommend the GoPro 3 White. I think that's kind of the sweet spot. It's a $200 camera. It's going to get you 1080p video. Now, we actually did it. We've done installs in the past uh, for houses of worship. And what we've used is actually, uh, and I can get you the exact model number, but it's it's essentially what it is. is a, sec- a security camera. And it's a security camera that does 30 frames per second that we put a a, a a tight lens like a 104 or 105 lens on it and 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 pull that in so we get a nice tight frame of the the speaker it's going to depend a little bit about because I know some houses of worship will allow their uh, their speaker to walk back and forth across the stage and some stay right in the podium so depending on what you want to do um, there's a couple different options but uh, if you're asking for a generic standard, if you're asking what I would do, I'd use a GoPro. Mm. Um, as far as, is there any hardware that can take the video directly from the camera and convert it to a streaming protocol? I wouldn't do that in hardware. I would actually do it in software. It does run Linux, and it is OBS, the software that this entire episode is about, that we yeah. just talked about. Yep. Um,
0: just and put like a Linux laptop there with the, with the GoPro feeding that, Right. and OBS could take that feed from yep. the GoPro... And Then turn that into an RTSP stream, which you would then tune in at your other end
1: to be fair You could actually do it with FFmpeg. Yeah, uh, no and I, can, I, I could send you uh, a, a FFmpeg stream, to but, do that. but, but it really you limit yourself
0: the nice thing about doing it with obs in between is then you're gonna get local monitor on The laptop yep. so you can see what the feed looks like so you can adjust the camera right there Right, and you're gonna be able to also like have a slate you could put in if you need to well, change the camera feed
1: So where I was gonna go with that was uh, the last thing he says is it could you do some live production preferably on Linux and allow multiple video streams streams and mixing in lower thirds. And that, you have to have OBS. But the nice thing about OBS is it's going to satisfy your first two requirements, or your second requirement rather, uh, no problem. So that would be what I would suggest. For and
0: what is your favorite HDMI to USB adapter that he could use, the one that we've been using here, the Mag, the Magwells?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So, okay, so to get the, 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 so the GoPro is going to give you HDMI out, but you're going to have to get that input into Linux. Now, I like devices that are totally compatible native with Linux. If you do a search for HDMI capture on Linux, you're going to come come across black magic I bought one of these cards because they said it was Linux compatible mm-hmm. contacted so them and I. they said so no problem I. sir we have the 1004 yep. driver right here and I'm like 1004 what and they go Ubuntu and I'm like what? what? What about the newer version? They said, oh, we have 10.04, <laughs> just use 10.04. Yeah. yeah, you gotta be kidding me. The Magwell USB capture device, it's about $300 from Amazon. It's gonna get you Amazon Prime shipping, and uh, when you plug it into the computer, it sees it as a video for Linux device. It so just shows gonna, up. It's gonna work exactly like a, uh, a webcam What? Wo- yeah. uh, works. Actually, now that I think about it, Chris, that might not also be a bad way to go. If you really wanted to do this on the cheap, Logitech C920, that's gonna be a USB webcam. It's gonna do 30 frames per second. It's gonna be 1920 19, uh, 19, yeah, by 1080. Yeah, yeah. You, it's not going to be nearly the quality of the GoPro, um, and I would be a little concerned about the ability to c- uh, control some of the aspects of the C920, because they do it in software, whereas the, hardware, or mm-hmm. the GoPro does everything there in is
0: hardware. There Video for Video4Linux CTL package, which you can install and control yep, the camera. Right, I've done that. Um,
1: so... If if you really need it to be cheap, if you need to do it for just a couple hundred dollars, yeah. I would look at the C nine twenty. But really, I'd you know it's only a hundred dollars more to get the GoPro. Of course, mm-hmm. then you have to get the capture device, which is another three hundred.
0: Yeah, but, but uh, that would be my we suggestion. We have our video production our Linux episode. You can go check out for some extra things on that. That's as well. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. The uh, one we did. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just this episode, mm-hmm. which talks about OBS specifically, but our OBS. Yeah. But uh, yeah. is it OBS or OBS? OBS. 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 All right, Conrad. S writes in. He says, "I'm a longtime viewer and love the show. I recently purchased an Android Wear watch, and I created a custom Linux Action Show watch face for it using the Last logo. I was wondering if I could get your permission to distribute this watch face for free. This would allow anyone to change or modify the watch face and load it into their Android Wear watch. Uh, if it'd be all right, please let me know, and I'll post it to facerepo.com, where anyone could download it freely. I've attached the image. Oh, oh, cool. Do you have the image?" Oh, that's okay if you don't. We can look at it. ladies. says thanks for all the great work for Last and on Unfilter. Conrad, yeah, do it. I have. Is it circular? Because I have the watch uh, LG Watch R on right now, I, and the, the Last logo is circular, so it's probably probably is. Huh? Yeah, that'd be really cool. I have. Uh, yeah, I've been experimenting with uh, with different wearables to to see how they work and how they work with Linux and all those things. And so far, it's pretty pretty straightforward, kind of what you'd expect. Um, but thank you, Conrad, for doing that. I can't wait to see it. Rich F. writes in, do you want me to get, uh, oh, you got, holy crap, that looks amazing. You do the next piece of feedback, I'll get this. Okay, so. all right, I will, I will. Uh, so Rich F. writes in, it says, for me, Linux is the only platform. I'm 57 years old and haven't worked for five years. Two strokes and four heart attacks will do that to you. I have about .57, I have 57 cents in my pocket, so Linux it is, for me, it's free and it's good. No, wait, it's great. Uh, coincidentally with my health problems I started with Ubuntu 10 something or other and now we use elementary OS which I was pleased to hear you talking about elementary was chosen because it was supposed and it's supposed to be and supposedly is light on resources uh, which is important to me because I'm running on Insprint 6000 with three buttons missing and only two gigs of RAM in a recent show you were talking about Ubuntu Mate, which by the sound of things offered even a faster experience than elementary so I burned a thumb drive with Ubuntu Mate and put it on my laptop's USB slot rebooted and I got elementary again this is a problem with Linux distros. Ubuntu, many years ago, would not be easy, would not boot easily from a CD or a USB stick. Finally, they got that fixed, and Ubuntu is pretty easy to install. Ubuntu Mate, for someone like me, is not easy to install. So while I am no longer a genius, because I've lost a few points of IQ, I'm still smart than a dolphin and sitting here wondering what to do next. Part of the problem, I think, is Linux folks talk over my heads, and many Windows users' heads as well. Oh, you just blah, blah, blah on the terminal. Well, for real newbies, what is a terminal? A lot of people just walk away. Linux Mate has, an awful, has awful instructions for doing an install, and the stuff on YouTube is no better. Why not address this on your show and say, this is for the stroked guy out there. Step one, step two, and so on. It would be a big boost to Linux, and certainly Ubuntu Mate. Now that you've heard my tale of woe, I think the best thing you could do is have System76 send me a new box loaded with Ubuntu. That'd be a good thing. Thanks, Rich. Um,
1: so uh, a couple of things that come to mind, first of all, uh, we would be more than happy to, to write back to you and give you a, a, you know, a very concise guide on how to get you specifically going, um, step-by-step that's, that's not a problem. That's actually, that's I guess kind of my passion um, but coming up real soon and we're working out we're in the final stages of working out the details but How to Linux um, Ooh, is, is going to be coming up mm-hmm. uh, sometime in the near future and when that Very comes to, that future. is exactly what it's going to target yep. is people like you yep. taking you from literally step one of I have a box and I have no idea what to do with it and walking you through all the way to the point mm-hmm. where you are writing the Linux operating system from complete scratch with ones and yep. zeros
0: yep yes and okay. we are uh, we are in the final editing stages now that we're getting through Linux fast Northwest and we can refocus you'll probably see something very soon and I think it'll be a big help uh, noah did manage to grab that uh, watch face that is the he's doing it on the LG that looks watch, slick. Are, that the looks watch slick. That's the watch my watch yeah so you can have your watch <laughs>
1: with your logo on your wrist <laughs> with your time I gotta get that
0: yeah, I gotta get yeah. that. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say that he is allowed to yep. make this and distribute this. That is super legit. I agree. I'm a Cons in the chat room, and I agree. The color one is legit, and the the black and white one is the always on mode. I assume. So the LG Watch R supports always on screen, so that's the that's the power saving mode because it's OLED. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really really cool. Wow, that is super neat. And uh, he said, uh, I forget. Do you remember the site? He said they find that out? Uh, free. Oh yeah, uh, freerepo.com. Freerepo.com. We'll have that in the show notes too. Yeah. Face 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 Repo. repo. Face repo. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Hey, uh, you want to know something? com. Why would you go there? You can see a little bit more about what Noah does during his day job. Maybe if you're in the Grand Forks area, you want the best damn service in the area or uh, maybe even if they're outside the Grand Forks area. What do you think, Noah?
1: Yeah, we're continuing to expand. Uh, we actually, I just brought on the guy that is going to be heading up our, our, uh, our remote support, um, and he's going to be dealing with, uh, you know, we have all these customers that write in and say, you know, uh, we would be interested in having you manage some of this stuff, and of course, more and more of our technology is being uh, able to allow us to do some of those that work yeah. over the internet. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it's it kind of makes sense for us to, to, to start to expand. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's something we're looking at, and hopefully we'll have more information soon.
0: Absolutely, and uh, if you want to know what we're doing, live events or if we have a if we're like say oh i don't know recording an episode of the linux action show early well guess what follow me on twitter twitter.com slash uh here i just did a live linux action show on monday boom i tweeted out right there that was your warning that's a that's a really weird picture kind of reminds me of mr potato head thanks dude yeah.
1: thanks in a good way thanks In a good way.
0: my nose looks huge yeah but if it was a mr potato head we could take it off you go yeah the hair does snap off Pops yeah. right off No wonder it looks so good JB JBLive.tv Sundays 10 a.m. Now we weren't live this Sunday Because we pre-recorded While Noah was in studio We wanted to take advantage of that And we landed that great uh, chance To talk to Jim After having such a successful weekend We leaped on it But we'll be live next Sunday JBLive.tv 10 a.m. Pacific Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com Slash calendar You get that S converted To your local time You don't even have to worry About that crazy ass math The robots do it for you Robots no good for you What? You prefer monkeys? Good news I got those too Go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com Slash monkeys That's where <laughs> I should totally set that up. <laughs> Hold on. i like, where are you up. going with this? i to set that up. Where are you Hold going on. with this? JupiterBroadcasting.com slash monkeys is going to be the new place only for the Linux Action Show audience to send back feedback. Hold on. This is really good. So go to JupiterBroadcasting.com slash monkeys. Choose Linux Action Show from the drop dropdown. It's, it, monkeys is M- M-O-N-K-I-E-S, right? I don't know. Google it. It's really hot in here, dude. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's really
1: hot. I, like, I'm hearing the words come out of your mouth, and I'm trying not to break composure because I'm like, we're in a show. I'm like, what the heck yeah, is he okay, talking with y, about? With a Y. I got
0: monkeys. Now listen. <laughs> we haven't slept a lot. and It's really warm in the studio today. It is. It's like 90 degrees in here. It is. It is ridiculous. Oh, uh, so anyways. No, dude you know this, the monkeys run the contact form. Yeah. That's where I was going. The oh, monkeys okay. send the emails off to the appropriate <laughs> inboxes. The robots handle the yeah, calendar. No, no, I got
1: that right until you said jupiterbroadcasting.com slash monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is he
0: talking about? Uh, you right. didn't tell me you were launching slash monkeys. Uh, you know what? If you don't want to worry about the monkeys because sometimes they fling poo. Actually, this is totally <laughs> the opposite. If you want to worry about fling, uh, poo getting flung, go to linuxactionshow.reddit.com. We'll have feedback threads in there. It's a great way to submit app picks, uh, start a discussion with the community, uh, give support to an open source project, call something out, or if you think there's a news item, comment votes, all that stuff. linuxactionshow.reddit.com. It makes this show even better. Better. Anything else we need to cover? Nope, we got it. Alright everybody, thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of the Linux Action Show. We'll see you right back here next week. Hey, it's the news and this episode is brought to you by... Ting.com. That's pretty good, Noah. Right, pretty good. Yeah. Would you do that, Noah, if uh, you got stopped at the... Uh, at the uh, gas station, would you uh, do a little karaoke for free gas? Yeah, I
1: would. I don't have any shame, though. I was the guy that went to try to buy a bathing a woman's bathing suit in Costco because she asked.
0: That is true. That did happen. <clears throat> so, why do you suppose she asked you if you'd like a bathing suit specifically? I don't know. She thought I looked feminine because you hear my voice, and she realized that God gave me the vocal cords of a female. How come my X11 just crashed? Look at my look at my screen over there. Look at that. Look at my uh, bonobes. Look at that. Uh, look at that. Because you use Arch? That's some shit, huh? Look at that! It just died on me. Just kidding. Look at that! My whole X sessions all day. You didn't unplug your monitor or anything, did you? No, but look no. at look yeah. at it. Look at that. Control backspace. I don't have uh, I don't have uh, X or nothing. I don't got X or nothing. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! that. Devastated. Whoa! Wow! That Whoa. was wow, That was cool. Whoa! Maybe it overheated. <laughs> what is going on? What is, is going on? You got it back. Good what job. What is happening right now? I think that's terrific. Undoubtedly, something.
1: Oh, hey, there, oh, there you go. Oh, it's working. Look at that. I didn't Linux. Do Linux. When you doubt Linux, it comes back.
5: Okay. Hey, Impossible to crash hey, or Kyra. destroy. That's, that's kind of <laughs>